Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We have the great Rob Liefeld here. Uh, we lost Neil Adams uh, very recently, and we're going to celebrate the man a little bit while looking through Superman vs. Muhammad Ali. First, I want to uh, invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. That helps to mitigate the kayfabe effect, which is whenever we put a video out in the morning, by midday, early afternoon, that comic is prohibitively expensive if, if you can even find a copy on the uh, the old interwebs. And if you guys uh, watch these videos to the very end, that helps us to uh, push our video content out to YouTube, uh, to comic book loving YouTube people who've not yet seen any of our uh, videos. Helps grow the channel. We've gotten uh, a little more than 60,000 subscribers recently, but the goal is 600,000. So we're only 10% of the way there. Uncle Rob, man, do you have some plugs that you want to drop to the people before we uh, start chopping it up about Uncle Neil? Uh, you know what? I, I, I've been around forever. Uh, I'm Rob Liefeld. I, I draw comics. I, I'm, I'm glad we're going to talk some Neil Adams today. Cool, I'll man. give I'll give a quick plug then for Rob Servations, uh, your podcast, Rob, where you did a, a tribute to Neil Adams on a recent episode that was fantastic and uh, really eager to kind of just sit down and talk shop with you because Neil Adams is a guy I admire his work from afar, but not somebody that I knew personally or had a personal relationship with. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to digging into this with you. Rob, did you grab this? Did you grab this thing off the uh, the racks of the 7-Eleven or something? Oh, 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 Ed Piscor, this is a liquor store per purchased. Um, I've talked often, so I lived, uh, and, and, and look, you get older and, and you want to, you know, rekindle those senses, those memories. And about once a year, I go to my old haunts. It's about 35, 40 minutes away. I take all the side streets to get there. Um, the corner, so, so Magnolia and Broadway in Anaheim. Uh, the, the, there's, the Pizza Hut is still there. The liquor store swapped with the 7-Eleven. The 7-Eleven used to be across the street. The 7-Eleven is now like a, 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 a taqueria, like a Mexican place, Mexican restaurant. Like ta it literally says taqueria. And uh, then the 7-Eleven grabbed the corner spot where the liquor store was. And then the grocery store became a gym and now it's closed. But the liquor store had the very best selection. 7-Eleven had a nice group of like, you know, Marvel, DC, and, and honestly, the 7-Eleven had the only Atlas comics I'd ever seen. They had Atlas comics, which had a brief life, but a lot of Neil Adams covers. And the first Atlas comics I ever bought was Iron Jaw. And it has a Neil Adams cover. And you're like, who's this barbarian with a metal jaw? So the bottom line is, I walked in this, uh, this, this, this Superman Muhammad Ali was the spinner rack was in the back of the liquor store and they always knew me they, they thought i was a funny kid i'd come up with my skateboard this is literally like three walk outside my house go three blocks on my skateboard i'm at the main intersection so i go to the liquor store and the magazines and the treasury editions are at the bottom of the magazine racks and yeah Ed, when i saw this i mean it was like a oh whoa and but 250 was this is this is a expensive purchase um you know back back in 1978 so man i uh i looked at it and i looked at it and i looked at it i did not buy it immediately i went home i went into the couches i begged <laughs> borrowed and stealed i agreed to do even more chores i got that 250 by about five o'clock that night this came home with me and i mean literally it, i i maintain this is the most beautifully illustrated comic book in the history of comic books there is no it, it gives you everything 
you get personal interaction, the most beautiful faces rendering, you get cosmic warfare, you get giant fisticuffs. It, it is, uh, and here's the thing that people don't realize. This is the only interior Neil Adams Superman comic he ever did. He does not have another, like he did tons of Superman and action comics and Superman family covers. But this is the only Superman story, like adventure, comic book. And, and uh, I always, you know, Neil really gets co-opted with Batman and Green Lantern. But I, I've never, like, seen Superman done better. And Superman is my favorite of the DC icons and always has been. So, like, I was telling my wife, like, you know, Neil had been drawing this version of Superman for probably seven or eight years. I mean, since 1970. Um, Christopher Reeve, in my opinion, was cast to look like Neil's Superman because he was the licensed Superman of, you know, of of the time, the lunch pails, the T-shirts, the calendars. I mean, here, I think, I mean, again, right here, here's here's my 1976 calendar, man. That's that's Neil Adams. You know, Neil Adams, front and back, he did some insides. He did the 1978. I mean, he was he was the face of DC licensing. But I just, I mean, we can go through this. I mean, and then, and I'm going to tell you, dudes, I was already buying X-Men because this is 1978. Terry Austin had been inking John Byrne with this very distinct line. And I'm like, these are Terry Austin backgrounds. And this is the first time ever I could tell someone else did the backgrounds. And you can tell all throughout the book. And I have pages from this book now, like originals. And you're like, those buildings have that brittle, like Terry Austin very technical line where all of this is brushy from Nick, you know, Dick Giordano or Neil Adams. I mean, oh my gosh, like just this, like Superman and Muhammad Ali's face is right there. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. But this is the one I think the blue, everybody stared at this for an hour, this shot right here. And I described it on the tribute show, like no superheroes whatsoever, just stuff. Yeah. Just people in a neighborhood looking at a farmer's market and you're like my eye it's got such depth i feel like this is neil's strut he was really strutting like i'm gonna show everybody <laughs> none of you will ever touch me look at this cat down here with the drag you know taking a drag on the cigarette i mean he these are amazing drawings <laughs> like everything it, it is so so I've always maintained, and I don't, I don't know if I, I, I touched on this, and I'd love to get, once I say this, get your guys' feedback, because you came at Neil from a different period, but Neil knew at all times how good he was. This guy did not have a confidence issue. He would laugh, even in 2013, 2015, when I was obsessed with talking about, you know, my obsession with my youth hit me big time, and I knew how important he was and how influential he was. So I started just parking it, doing dinners, doing snacks, green room. And he loved it because he loves to share what he knew. But this is not a guy who ever, he never believed there was anyone better than him ever. Like, and with good reason. This is, this is mind blowing. So go ahead. What do you see when you see this? You know what? First, the, the the part about him knowing that he was better than everyone else, I feel like that's one of the things I think about with, with so much of Neil Adams to me is what he meant to the industry, you know, beyond great art and great looking right. comics. But it was like a different mindset. I swear he taught 
generations of cartoonists how to think about their work and their value. Yes. And that idea that like he knew his value, that was something I think he tried to make clear to other people that were drawing comics was like, you're doing this for people who can't do it. You know, like what you're doing on this page is worth a lot more than you realize, you know, mm -hmm. freelancer who's eating shit from editorial or whatever, or the publishers. And I mean, that, that changed, I think that changed comics dramatically. Like I was thinking about him. Is there a Frank Miller if there's no Neil Adams? Is there an no. image comics if there's no Neil Adams? Am I making comics if there's no Neil Adams? And like, it's a domino effect, I think, of the influence that he's had on generations. So I did not know oh, the single best shot of him taking his shirt off and becoming Superman ever <laughs> in the history of comics is right there. That's it. That shot is like, oh my gosh. And the lighting, the way it's colored, it's Absolutely. a little dim. Oh, but the, and then and then flying up to the Armada. I mean, the scape, the, 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 the scale and the scope. But no, Jim, the thing is, here's the deal. I did not know that Frank would verify this until I watched the commentary and the... Um, the the kind of the uh uh behind the scenes package that's on the spirit uh blu-ray and and in 2014 neil told me he goes frank miller was terrible it's terrible he goes he'd come in and he'd want to work at a continuity i'm like you're not good enough come back next week come back the week after and he'd be like oh you just have no idea he just he didn't know what he was doing and it's just weird going well if there was anybody that i would believe when they told me that young Frank Miller was showing his shit and, and Frank was, and, and Neil Adams was dismissing it. It's, it's Neil. I believe him because of so much, because of how much talent moved through continuity studios. It was the chief hangout of New York in the late sixties, all through the seventies. And the thing is, uh, Frank mentions in the spirit, either in the behind the scenes or on the commentary, how much Neil Adams without Neil Adams grinding him without Neil Adams, you know, telling him you can do better than this. Go back, try again. And Neil's like, Neil said one day he came in and I'm like, whoa, it's clicking. It's starting to click. This kid doesn't suck anymore. So Neil was instrumental with guys like Frank. I mean, people trying to get a table at continuity and sit at the at the at the foot of the king and and no one um more exemplified this than than he, he had a brief time where he sh he shined really bright his name's frank bruner um brunner and he did kind of early howard the duck but the stuff that turned everybody on was he did dr strange so um and and neil inked some of those issues he and his studio and when neil died last week frank put up on social media his rem remembrance of neil adams and he said specifically you know, when you were getting ink jobs that you didn't like from the two major publishers, what we all knew was you could run to continuity and beg Neil if he would agree to make it a Krusty Bunker's job. And if that was the case, you knew that you would actually like some of the pages. You know, you weren't going to like all of them and not, Neil wasn't going to touch everything, but you knew a Krusty Bunker's ink, ink job would be better than anything else you were getting at the time. And I'm like, this is amazing. And, he, and, and again, I've, I've, there's a Doctor Strange Treasury Edition with all the best Frank Bruner stuff. And again, you can see when Frank definitely was influenced by Neil. So then Neil on top of somebody who was, he, he was influenced by was like even more mind-blowing. I mean, look at these faces and this figure and this, this shot right here. I, I, like everyone's ripped off this Superman with his arms across. I mean, 
I think I think it's in every issue of Brian Murray Supreme. Um, and, uh, and I remember when I I was thinking, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is out of Muhammad Ali. But uh, yeah, no, I mean Neil, you you just when you when you hear these guys, and when Neil is inking people, it's during this period. This is 1976, 77, 78, because he took an extended time to draw this book. It took a couple of Cartoonist years. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. The best way to support the channel is to pick up some of our comics. So right now, available in comic shops everywhere is Ed Piscor's Red Room. The Antisocial Network collects season one of Red Room, four issues, plus a lot of great bonus material. Trigger Warnings, the second season of Red Room, is in stores everywhere now. The first two issues, possibly three by the time you see this video, are out there wherever comics are sold. Banned in 23 countries and 11 comic shops. But they will track these down for you if you ask them, if they don't already have them hidden behind the, can behind the counter in a brown paper bag. Also available from Ed Piscor is WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker, A History of Computer Hacking, X-Men Grand Design, three oversized treasury size editions of the X-Men story, kind of a biography of one of Marvel's best-selling characters, the X-Men, and what started the entire Grand Design tradition, and Hip Hop Family Tree, a non-fiction historical account of hip hop, available in four oversized volumes and two beautiful boxed sets. My latest comics available in comic shops everywhere. Hulk Grand Design Monster with some beautiful variant covers. Peach Momoko, Ed Piscor, Marcos Martin. And now Hulk Grand Design Madness. Again with some beautiful variant covers by Jeff Darrow, Ed McGinnis, and of course my classic version. Telling 60 year history of the Incredible Hulk written, drawn, colored, lettered by me. Also available, The Plain Janes with Cecil Castellucci. The first young adult graphic novel and available from Image Comics, Street Angel, and several oversized hardcover collections, again, like the treasury size. These are available wherever you buy comics and books. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, Jim, he is the godfather of an entire era. And like I said, just the anchors alone, Terry Austin, Dick Giordano, Joe Rubenstein, Bob McCloud, Klaus Janssen, they all went through continuity. They all learned under Neil and the nib inking the pen inking the sharp line which was not really a thing it was a ton of brush inkers that's what the industry was about neil really i i've already put it back in the safe but i won a at the heritage auctions um neil was inking gil kane on some conan issues and i swear to you i have magnified it's it's a head that's about this big on the page but there is a succession of about 12 razor sharp perfect lines coming out of his cheek that you look is it zipatone it's not it's hand and neil inked the entire page head to toe that's why i wanted it and it's a page i never believed i i could own just like owning pages from this book because neil kept most of this neil has most of this his family has this was his pride and joy this book did you get your pages from him that, that you have from this book uh no but the minute i got it i went over and showed it to him um it was a guy who there are a couple of dealers who've done trades with Neil or obtained some, because again, every job, the anchor got a portion. So Dick Giordano's portion, he ended up selling a few. But for the most part, like I said, uh, I've been shown all the pages that Neil has. I mean, it, this, it, getting back to an earlier episode, Ed asked me if I hung on to my work. I mean, I would say 75% of this book is, is with 
the Adams family. So let, let me ask you this, Rob. Uh, these these treasuries they're not a one to one in terms of aspect ratio from from comic book size to to the treasury size. So uh, if it's originally drawn for the treasury, they could accommodate the art for that. Not like you know where they have to like add an extra quarter inch or something like that yeah. on like a Kirby. So what was the scale of this artwork? Like the dimension? I'm shocked. I'm going to tell you right now. It's eleven by seventeen. Oh wow. It is? The pages are the pages are eleven by seventeen, which I was shocked at too. I was like, "Wait, what?" My first page I ever saw. I'm like, "Wait, what?" They're 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 standard size. Like, yeah, he didn't go. He wasn't working two up. He wasn't working, which makes sense. I think Neil's like, "What do I need two up for? I can make this look badass just on this <laughs> these parameters." Again, so so you're looking at the faces. I mean, the photorealism of Muhammad Ali is really the 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 mind-blowing aspect of this how many photos did neil you know look at in the page where he the page where he is winding up and and, and screaming this oh yeah as a kid as a kid i could not stop because again you have to understand the audience and and god bless your audience they're so much younger muhammad ali in the 70s is michael jordan and tom brady and lebron james like combined uh the world the, the media loved him there was a guy named howard cosell um you know there were sports programs before espn there were sports programs on regularly on the weekends he was muhammad ali was bigger than sports he was a celebrity all of i mean he had so much merchandise too i mean muhammad ali was a gigantic megastar like an evil Knievel which everyone's going who where did Lightfell just say evil Knievel he was a stunt guy who was a giant celebrity in the 70s had his own toys merchandising posters again posters man that was that was like if you had a poster and and, and people bought that poster and put it on their wall you were a megastar in the in the, in, the, in that decade and and Muhammad Ali posters and so for him to agree to do this and again, Neil wrote this. He drew it. I mean, the, the story is amazing. I remember as a kid hanging on every word and like, oh my gosh, like Muhammad Ali telling Superman, you're not from Earth. You can't do this. And you're, and, and, and you're reading it going, well, you can't do it either, Muhammad Ali. You're going to get your ass kicked. Like, <laughs> like you're going to get your ass kicked. So, oh, I mean, I just, th this is his best storytelling too. I, I think later on in Neil's career, he would get more um, designy with his page stuff to the point where I think it wasn't like this stuff is designy in terms of it's, 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 you know, not all grid, you know, he's hanging panels, dangling panels, cascading panels here, the figures break out, but it all works here. I mean, this is a guy at the peak, the peak of his talents, um, strutting like again. So, so when I would talk to Neil and I said, Neil, I loved when you would ink, uh, you know, first it was like, do you have all the Muhammad Ali stuff? He goes, I do. Okay, so we got that off the board. Like, I have most of it. I have the cover. Again, that cover, holy crap. Um, that, that, that cover is amazing. So so then I said, Neil, I love when you ink John Buscema. I love when you ink. Um, there's an issue of Tarzan that he inked John Buscema, and you can tell he inked a lot of it. He inked a lot of the faces. And John and, and Neil, you know who Neil respects when he goes, oh, well, you know John. I mean, John Buscema, one of the all-time greats. I love, I love inking John. And then he said, you know, I'm everybody's best inker, right, Rob? I mean, you know, I mean, if I inked you, it was the best. <laughs> Gil Kane, Gene Colon, John Buscema. I mean, there, there, there's, there's nobody 
that I didn't give them their best ingots. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, Jim. There's zero like doubt. Like, and I'm going to tell you, dude, I've been, I've been hunting for those John Buscema Tarzan pages. I'll snatch them up the minute I get them. They are, Neil would keep, I just discovered a Carmen Infantino cover that he inked. And you go, wait, how am I seeing so much Carmen Infantino whose style could not have been different, but I see Neil too. Neil, especially again on Kirby, you see Neil over Kirby, but you still get Kirby. He would be faithful. But okay, wait, go back to this because this is like the single. I'm sorry, we, we need I don't, to dwell on I don't think I, I know the uh, the Kirby that, that New Adams inked. What was it? He inked a bunch of Jimmy Olsen covers okay. for Jimmy Olsen. There's about six of them. And immediately you're going to be like, what am I looking at? It's Jack Kirby proportions and Jack Kirby, you know, um, um, gestures and, and foreshortening. But it's Neil, like, you know, adjusting the faces. But they're still lantern, you know, they're square jawed, especially on his Superman. It hit Neil Jack's Superman that Neil inks does not look like this massively, ridiculously handsome guy. This Hunya. That's an impact page, man. Oh yeah, that is an impact page. When again, that force perspective, that downshot. Again, I, I just this book is a, um, the whole book is a flex. There's not a single <laughs> panel or page that is not a flex. I mean, later on, Muhammad Ali, you know, bashing on a, uh, bashing on Superman's face. I, I can't work this camera. There you go. You got it. Oh my gosh. Like I said. Uh, it's just everyone, DC reprinted it, but they did it smaller. Which yeah. is, look at that, look at that face. Look at that. That I mean, that's like Muhammad came over to Neil's house and said, here, draw me, young blood, and, uh, and then I'll be on my way. I mean, but this, the, the technology, the backgrounds, the environments, these gestures, I never felt Superman was more powerful than in this comic when he takes through and rips through the armada. And again, that's a shot that you've seen from Alan Davis, Brian Hitch. I mean, again, when I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm slathering. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like literally like, and, and, and here's the deal. So you asked me earlier, I did not know until later. So Neil was a guy who did this. I didn't know it until later on, but he workshopped all his pages small and Xerox them up and uh, no correlation. I have none of this talent, but Neil is a guy who would do six pages this size and go, hey, and sometimes he'd be like, they're good enough to ink. Like once once you've blown it up and put it on the light box, it goes straight to the inker. Cause I mean, it's, he's got really detailed renderings on his tiny drawings. He's giving you way more than I am here. I mean, he'd give you light source. He'd give you line weights. Um, I just think the guy was a singular, uh, amazing talent and and, and see, here's the deal jim people immediately wanted to rush to all that he had done for creators rights and he did that's a fact but can we just dwell on like how pretty he draws and how amazing of a talent he was that's what i was trying to say like like i want to join you all and go into that creators championship but let's talk why we love him he was able to raise his voice and get people's attention they're like oh crap neil adams just called us out and why because everyone loved neil adams i've never like I mean, I, the guy literally launched 30 imitators and, and maybe that's five more than, than the other clones that came from other people. But I mean, then there's imitators and there's influence. 
And, and like my wife would be like, well, if you gushed by, about him, why wouldn't you try and draw like him? I'm like, because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> like there was already a whole bunch of people trying to be him and failing, but they felt really good about it, right? It's like, you know, they're like in his, in, in 1978, there's probably 10 Neil Adams guys, okay? Some of them are dead. I don't want to crap on them because I actually liked what they did and, and, and I don't want to get caught up in, but they weren't Neil, but they were close. They, they got really close. They're, 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 goal was to clearly make a page look like neil drew it and that really turned them on and you know again why would i want to be just the 13th bad version of neil adams you know i'd rather just be the best rob liefeld than you know again a, a, a knockoff but again so i mentioned howard cosell earlier that i mean again neil's likenesses if he wanted to do a likeness it was the best I, um, I uh, snuck a peek over Neil Adam's shoulder one time. I think it might have been a Heroes Con. I, f I forget where exactly. But uh, I don't know if you ever saw him do any drawing uh, in, in person, no. Rob. Uh, yes. He, tell me if it was the, the same sort of deal. Like, marks get put everywhere on the page. And it's not like an underdrawing of a head and here's an arm. It's just marks here, marks here, marks here. Now we're going to connect these marks. Now it's a foreshortened foot. Now it's a foreshortened leg. And then I'm going to go up here and now the arm is in perfect contrapposto. And then it like develops like all over. It's like a Polaroid or something. And it like mm -hmm. materializes from yeah. like four different places until it becomes a, a, a drawing. Yes. No, I, 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 that you just, you, you described it perfectly. I, that's exactly how he would bounce around and generate his page. And then watching him pencil was one form of magic. And then watching him ink, um, cause he didn't ink slow, man. He inked fast. Yeah. He, uh, I saw him ink like Lois Lane's hair, beautiful, thick, great strokes, great lighting. And he was, he was sitting at a convention cause he was in between com commissions, you know, and, pulled out some pages, had a deadline. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I just, uh, the thing also, again, his, his Superman, like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through like Ivan Rice, I think is one of the best illustrators that has worked in popular comics the last 20 years. He's mostly done DC work. Uh, I think everyone agrees like his work on Green Lantern and, 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 uh, and then recently Superman, he is 100% living in a Neil Adams, you know, constructed, world i mean he it there's a there's i i see i would say 80 percent neil adams when i when i look at his work and he's done a lot of work he's a he's a high volume guy he's not a neil adams clone but you can see the influences the the core shadows the actual especially when he does green lantern and superman because neil those looks were signature they they those faces do reflect one of the most another one of the most impactful shots the the shove more than more than Superman, the shove from Perry White and Muhammad Ali, you feel those. I mean, that is a movie, that, that is a page in full motion. Every time I look at it, it is, I mean, and again, you don't see that coming. That's that's why I ran home and had to get the money to buy this because I, I could not <laughs> risk that it wasn't there the, the next day. They only had one copy at the liquor store. Did you, you know, know this book was coming out? I did not. Man, imagine I, I, walking I, I, into a store cold and <laughs> finding this on the rack. Yeah. And, and, and you're like, wait, I know Muhammad Ali. And oh, it's that Neil Adams guy. And then you're like, what the? Like, I, this was a seismic, um, really seismic moment in comics. And, and uh, I can't, I, I would love to know how it sold. I have no idea the sales figures. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure 
it did extremely well. I know Neil was very late with it. Um, he'll tell you, but you know, it's like Jeff Loeb told me once, nobody remembers it's late when it's collected. It's collected then for the next 30 years, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I really like, look at that Lois Lane, the most beautiful, he drew the most beautiful, pretty faces. And look, I can equally then jump to worshiping Frank Miller and Frank Quietly's versions of Superman and, and they're uglier. And, and I love ugly art, ugly, not as refined and pretty people. But when it comes to pretty people, look at look at this page. This was oh. something that I always admired in his work is like he had a, a variety of lines that he would employ. So you'd have, you know, the way the crowd is drawn and everything. And now this figures it's a different line. It's like a different drawing to make her be angelic and spiritual and feel different than the other characters on the page. I yes. always think that's a really interesting thing an, for a guy to do. That tilt of the angle, the, 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 the tilted angle. And, and then, like you said, the ethereal quality he's given her, you feel like that feels like a, a special effect, like it, on the page, yeah. like, like you said, all because he, the line work that he approached. But I mean, he just uh, really people, again, th th this heavy duty lighting and his brand of rendering was everybody has been, everyone jumped on it. You know, everyone jumped on it. John Buscema, I think even Neil would say, maybe one of the greatest figure artists, the, the, you know, and especially with the amount of work that John did. But then Neil brought in this lighting, this approach to faces that went really into all these intricate details, all these different, again, the lighting, the rendering, the cross hatching, that's signature. And, and but, but again, look at what about this guy doesn't say absolute scale, look at, Look at Muhammad Ali looking into that globe right there. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason, man. These are sacred. These oh, are just yeah. freaking sacred. The, 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 I'm so glad you guys have a great copy. I mean, and, but every punch thrown in here, I mean, you feel it. You, you, you feel all. I mean, when when he's taking out Superman right there and punching him. I mean, th this is. It's like when Alex Ross did his double. Alex Ross did a bunch of Treasury editions towards the late '90s. Mm -hmm. Superman, Batman, and I did. I, I felt comfortable enough because I was hiring Alex at the time. So what are you doing? Superman doesn't punch anybody in your book. He just lifts things. He literally just lifts things. <laughs> and and you get a bunch of your trademark, like worm's eye view of him lifting away from the ground or the bird's eye view of him settling. I'm like, dude, like, again, Neil Adams knew that we wanted people throwing punches, not just gliding and cascading. I mean, look at that armada. Again, I mean, this is this is just an amazing piece of storytelling. That's what I guess Neil is a great director. I would have loved to. I would have loved to have backed a Neil Adams directorial job. He did a bunch of animatics, a bunch of storytelling, a bunch of commercials that we couldn't even begin to list. So he did move. You know, he did have some influence on on camera work. But I mean, he's just a great director. This there is again, there is one movie. Uh, that he did, I think, in the late 70s <laughs> called uh, Death to Pee Wee Squad. And uh, you will find a scene where uh, Gray Morrow and Dennis Cohen are involved in a knife fight. Uh, Gary Groth, my humble publisher from Fantagraphics, is in a restaurant sequence with them. Might be able to find it. It, it ended up getting uh, distributed by Troma Pictures, the uh, Toxic Avenger people. So here I am being schooled by Ed Piscor <laughs> on 
hey, babe, I love it. I'm going to go find it. I did not know that he did. So you're telling me he did like a B movie? Yeah. Like trauma. Yeah, yeah. Trauma yeah. Like he made it in like the 70s or early 80s or something. And it didn't even get distribution until like the 90s. Okay. And it, so it's young. I mean, it's it's Gray Morrow and Dennis Cohen dressed up like a, like a hood with a switchblade doing a kung fu fight. It's like a Forty Second Street grindhouse flick. Oh my gosh! And it's Neil I, Adams. I, like like I mean, it's it's his voice. Like he's the main guy, and I think his kids are in it. Oh crap! I, okay, <laughs> I, I have to. We'll, I have we'll, to we'll talk. I have to. Leave, I have to leave now. And go <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, the guy's a great storyteller, great director. I mean, look at look at the uh, that that the impact of that kick. I mean, again, sick. I'm just, I'm I was there in 1978. Okay, I'm 11. Uh, I'm I'm absorbing this. It's blowing my mind. I can't believe a comic book looks this good. Uh, I mean, again, this reveal that he pulls off the Muhammad Ali mask. I mean, it's never lost its awe on me. It's never, um, and pretty much anybody around that time, no, no one will ever fight you if you say, I hold this up as the greatest illustrated comic of all time. I've never seen someone like, I'm going to take you on. Let me show. No, that's not going to work. It, it, this, this has the crown because it's every, I mean, look at that Muhammad Ali. Look at that mouth, that snarl. And, and these aliens, I mean, again, it was, uh, he, he was just, the, the great thing about older Neil is he became more gregarious. He leaned into being friendlier and he really enjoyed uh, when he decided to tour. And I know he had to be talked into touring. And then once he started touring, man, again, like we went out to dinner with them in Cleveland, Joey and myself and Neil and Marilyn. And the next day, Marilyn had written out an entire full page thing like, dear Rob, here's how we approach conventions and here's the stuff we ask for i'm like this is so sweet like she's like they're just they were sweet people and i think neil just enjoyed uh that's it that then this shot is one of the most imitated shots of all time and it existed for the first time right there um but yeah i just can't underscore neil's superman was on uh school supplies notebooks folders, three ring binders, uh, thermoses, uh, calendars. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, look at that lighting. I mean, That's again, incredible. And, and imagine, you know, we would be blown away if this book came out today. Okay? Oh, yes. totally. So, so and now this, this, this guy was drawing this book in 1976 and 1977. He got published and it, this comes out January of 78. This is a winter arrival. This is like first week of January. Um, so he kicks off the year. It's many people go, what's your favorite year in comic? I'm like 1978 between the John Byrne, Terry Austin, X-Men and this job. Like uh, it doesn't get better than, and I, I really loved where so many of the Marvel comics were going at the time, but this is, uh, again, this is just sick. This, I, this would be the best comic. It was published in any year that it was published. And, uh, uh there's another, there's another face you'll see that that's a wildly, wildly imitated face in, in the entirety of comic books. But people have tried to imitate this next shot and it's never had the same, um, like when I saw him fly through all these spaceships screaming like it was hurting him. And this right up here when he's, this special effect that he draws peeling away the, the light. I mean, again, uh, I, I could go on and on. I just, you don't get to like, I mean, obviously Bill Sienkiewicz does not exist, but for Neil Adams, who 
clearly took the master's guidance and went off and did his own thing. But, you know, those early moon nights, it was a cool, he did the best kind of extension of Neil because Bill's people were longer, a little more gangly, but he, he had this, he took all the right things. And then of course he started painting and, 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 and invited other influences into his work. But I mean, again, this, this is, uh, I, I, it, it'll, it'll excite me and it'll bum me out at the same time. If a bunch of these, find their way to the auction block in the next few years. Cause I know, you know, that, that for the most part, the, these are like in the, in the, in the hands of Neil's family. Which page did you have? It, it, it it's, it's got everything like, and again, it's got Terry Austin. It's got Terry Austin backgrounds, like signature Neil, like, like that is a signature Neil Adams, Superman face, two great figures. And the story again, rising up and then your eye goes down here and then you go through here and it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, I have a thumbnail of of that ethereal shot that you love, um, and the guy who actually owns that girl with the ethereal kind of angel that we were talking about. That guy put that up on Facebook the other day and said, "I'm the guy who owns this," and it was like, "Wow!" Like people are starting to show, like, "Here's what I have. Here's here's you know." Um, Do you have you know, other Neil Adams pieces? I have some Green Lantern pages. And I have uh, that Conan stuff that he inked over Gil Kane. And then he did a giant, um, I have a green arrow that he drew for me that's about this big, on this big of paper. And then he drew some, uh, he drew inside some of my comics. I would commission him to draw Wolverine and Cyclops screaming. And, you know, cause I, I just love that. I, if I would, I, I would always wanna, whenever I saw him at a show, I wanted to buy something from him. I wanted to show him and, and I didn't, I wanted to show him in Maryland. I didn't take him for granted. Like I always wanted to leave with something. And so I would make sure that I'd get a hardcover and he'd drawn it. And like I said, I did that for since about 2013 on and kind of figuring, you know, we can't take this guy for granted. And uh, he's a gregarious guy. And, uh, oh no, I mean like, like literally there was no one, I mean, I'm not going to mention names, but there was no one you could ask him about that. He did not, have a story about because again they all you know um i i would he would ask me some of the other people i liked and i'd segue into john byrne knowing that john byrne owes a lot of his career to to neil's style and work and neil would laugh <laughs> john Byrne, yeah he's a character i go what do you think I goes, well i mean what do you think i mean is is there a john byrne without a neil adams and you're like okay we're done like you know he just Cause what are you gonna do? Cause at the end of the day, he's like, "Hey kid, did you draw Superman Muhammad Ali? I don't think you did. Take a walk, take a hike." Um, and this isn't like I said, this isn't even going into his Dead Man work, his Green Lantern, his X Men. Ah, uh, right here, right here at the foot. Okay, his entire X Men run uh, again is like, wow, the precursor. Uh, without this, you you literally don't get the John Byrne X Men, but. You know, Roy Thomas writes extensively. It's not how well you draw. draw. They, they put Neil on the X-Men to try and get him to bump sales. Sales did not go up. It was just, and that speaks to more, I think, the X-Men concept, just people had rejected it whole hog because the five X-Men are boring. Um, they're, they're, just, they're not exciting characters. And, and when, you know, you likely weren't going to buy an X-Men book over an Avengers or a Fantastic Four or a Justice League title. And, and Neil is, there's that, that, run that he did on x-men is as is is the precursor flex to what he does here he's 
really showing you like I can outdraw all you MFers. Um, screaming faces, pterodactyls, the angels never look better. It's the only time you go, wow, Angel's a cool character. Like, well, that's how Angel should look, a guy with wings. Um, you know, so he just, he had a tremendous confidence. And I think, again, because my wife would say, well, what happened to him when he left comics? I said he was getting paid tons of money in the advertising world. And I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, hire Neil at the time? The, the comics, once he left, he's in all these comics on the my my rack with ads for Hot Wheels, for Saturday morning cartoons, for sneakers. Like he just, you know, it's, it's, it's why like guys like Jeff Matsuda and Chap Yap go to animation because they can scribble on a piece of paper this big for 90 minutes and get paid as much as it takes to fill up an entire 11 by 17 comic book page. And they can do like six of these a day. It's a good living. It's a great living, especially if you're gonna build a family and and you, bristle like at the like so many of these young artists did and i kind of am pivoting and segueing but oh, this isn't not why neil left i think neil just saw like a opportunity to dominate another field because by the time he did this you know he really he, he he stayed away for a while and this was him kind of returning to comics he hadn't been in comics for a long time he had left eric larson like really put the other day like as as I was just coming into collecting comics, Neil Adams had left, like in 1974, 1973. But that Batman stuff, Ra's Ghoul, that's stellar. He, anybody he touched, he, he put his imprimatur on so much so that the next, you know, that version of that character became who everyone's still drawing. Like Green Lantern, everyone's still drawing his, Neil, a lot of people, most people are still drawing Neil Adams' Green Lantern. So you don't want me to, continue i'm blathering bottom line we just shared i i will maintain till my grave that is the best looking comic book ever it has everything action adventure sci-fi fisticuffs you know a really clever story that I, I really how do you have superman and muhammad ali fight with stakes you know with consequences and he figured it out so but Rob, yeah. I, I have one last question about uh new adams did he ever talk to you guys about Image Comics either early in the process or, or after the fact? Was that something that, that he was, you know, excited by or proud of you guys for doing? Yes. Or? No. So Jack Kirby, Neil Adams, and Frank Miller, it's really funny. Frank gave a speech uh, at, at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. He was like the keynote speaker. I want to say 94, 95. And he had everyone acknowledge us. Frank Miller, like had us stand up at our table and gave us, you know, our due, like, let's hear it for the guys from Mitch comics who struck out on their own and, and created a brand new kind of environment for all of us. And this is the guy who was, you know, who had done it before we did it by going to doing Sin City with Dark Horse. And, uh, but Frank, Jack and Neil are the three guys who went out of their way to say, we're really proud of you guys. Hey, I'm really proud of what you guys did. Hey, you know, come on. We were seen as stepping away from corporate comics and taking our uh, destiny into our own hands, right? So, and like I said, Todd's whole vibe was, it's me against Marvel. He made it like Marvel offended me. I'm, you know, against them. And I, and I, was, I was like, no, 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 no. Like when people would start talking shit to me about Marvel, I'm like, ah, I, like I'm not offended by them. Like, even in the old interviews I look at, 
There's, there's nothing more than me going, it was time for me to move on. Because I would say like me doing Fantastic Four after X-Force would have been a step down. I had the juice. I had, you know, try something else. Take a risk. Keep pushing in this direction. So yeah, Neil was very generous. Uh, like I said, Frank Miller and uh, Jack Kirby, which I just kind of lumped them all three together. They were always whether it was Frank did it publicly at this giant, I don't, I don't know if it was the Eisners, but it was at a giant, I mean, it was huge room at San Diego, tons of tables. And Frank, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Eisners and we were just attending. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was nice to hear, but again, it, and then at the same time, knowing we knew who we knew we could look into the eyes of everyone who wanted us to face plant and you know, again, I still haven't named all the names of the people who would like literally come up to me. Yeah, you guys are going to be out of business in three, six, you know, six, six months. This isn't going to work. And you're like, okay, like it was just so a foregone conclusion to them. So. So fantastic. I think the first time I, I had some Neil Adams comics uh, growing up, but it was like Armor and, and Jason Riker Toy Boy and stuff like that. The first time I heard the guy's name mentioned was in an interview you did for Wizard Magazine issue 36, 37, one of those, man. So it's such a pleasure to have the chance to uh, hang out with you, Rob, and to celebrate the man that spawned generations and generations uh, of cartoonists. Uh, we're never going to stop thinking about the guy, and we're never going to stop singing the praises of uh, all of his contributions, and it was really, really fun to go through this one, but you consider it to be the greatest comic ever illustrated. In super fanboy mode, hey, thank you for inviting me to go through this comic with you. I mean, I, I, I know it's just a lot of gushing, but the truth, like I said, the quintessential superhero handsome face. And there's no angle, he was unafraid. You could see through this book, three quarter view, upshot, downshot, there's no angle, that, that, you know, we all have our safety nets. He didn't have one. He's like, I'll draw it this way now. And, I'm, and I'd be surprised if, I'm sure there's some story where he's like, no, Neil, like taped himself, to the ceiling and drew a page upside down. I would, I would totally believe that if someone told me, just so that he could say, you know, I drew that page upside down. Um, so anyway, yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Rob, where can people find you and what, what do you have coming out that you want to let the uh, kayfabe audience know about? Before so we so the kayfabe uh, audience, look out for Profit Remastered number one coming out end of July, early August. Look for it. Uh, your, your two hosts contributed kick-ass pages to it along with a bunch of great uh, comic book talent because it's the image comics 30th anniversary i am having a blast celebrating it uh after that we're doing a brigade remaster the two of you guys are helping out on that too i appreciate it here's the deal uh i'm on social media i'm at, on twitter it's my full name robert liefeld on instagram i'm at rob liefeld and then i have my podcast Rob observations with rob liefeld where i talk comics like you guys it's my passion it's my um it's my disease and i share that with everybody